Rinky Dinking has hit the gold standard. Indeed, the 50th edition of RD in the midst of a pandemic, I might add. Man, talk about fighting through and providing a sliver of laughter from week to week and perhaps a skosh of information. It's Daryl Ray along with Mike Heike and the great Jeff Totes with you again as we are safer apart. And uh, hey, first off, a belated happy Easter to you two. And to you, Daryl. Yeah. Happy well, Easter. Very dramatic pause there. Mike, way to go. <laughs> you know, there was, it, was, it was a good Easter. I enjoyed it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, we all enjoyed Easter. It's a... A wonderful celebration, but there was no celebration of hockey on this Easter. No Easter Sunday game for the Stars this year. Did you guys know that the Stars own a healthy five and three mark on Easter since the move to Texas? No, it's a good one. Yeah, quite a change from the zero and seven with a measly ten goals for in the previous seven games played on Easter as the Minnesota North Stars. Bam! There's there's the informational portion of this thing right out of the gate. <laughs> Stick that in your Easter egg basket, Heike. You're grabbing people by the neck and shaking them and saying, look, listen. Snapping the bunny's neck is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's not very nice, is it? No. Were, were there any bunny hunts up there in B.C.? What? Like you used to hunt moose and stuff like that. Did you ever take down you- smaller... Smaller game? You know what? Well, with my hands, yes. But I'm <laughs> I, honest to God, I've killed animals with my hands, like hunting. I've killed I've killed grouse with my hands. I can never just, just I could, dipping into a stream and grabbing a big. Uh, I've truck. done that. I've also grabbed fish with my bare hands. I might be part bear, big old Erstein bear. Uh, this is not a lie. I get up yesterday morning, and because I can't sleep and. And I go for a walk. And on Easter Sunday, I walk out my front door, and there was a bunny on my front lawn. That's beautiful. Yeah. So well, when the girls a bunny uh, indicative of, of Easter and uh, the uh, sacrifice of Jesus? <laughs> well, 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 explain Santa then if you want to go down that road. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, that comes from uh, Finland or something like that. So yeah, that'd be good. sure. But you've just obscured my bunny story. Way to go. <laughs> I want to no, we'll, we'll move on. Enough enough with the bunnies. But I, I thought that was uh that was, you know, wonderful symbolism and and uh set us up for a terrific little Easter Sunday here. Easter egg hunt. I think I dropped Easter eggs around here. We used to drop the old brown Easter eggs back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have a dog. Yeah, that's exactly what dogs do. The brown Easter eggs. Actually, deer dung looks a little bit like an egg. Did you know that? No, I'm, yeah. I haven't. I haven't no. been in the woods. Of- and I haven't. <laughs> I, I I never did take down a, a deer with my bare hands. That's that's a little. Uh, my uh, there might have been a time. We used to cow jump back in the day, but I, I, I've never jumped onto like an elk or a moose or a deer. But we used to just see. We used to see cattle on our way home, and we decided we were going to go jump on them, see if we could ride them, see if you can jump on them first. 
You are truly <laughs> the most interesting di- man. <laughs> different. It was a different time. Hey, look, I'd, I'd like to start uh, this week with a shout out to the Stars Foundation and their their very kind initiative during this pandemic. Uh, under the leadership of Marty Turco, has done a fantastic job with the foundation. Uh, they've done wonderful things for the community, especially children charities. And uh, the foundation is a a chunk of the Stars overall operation that is near and dear to the Ray household. My wife, Kristen helped found it back in the mid nineties. You know, so she, that's her, that's her baby. She's always very proud of what they do. So anywho, in this very challenging moment, uh, so is a pandemic, do you use pandemonium or is it just (laughs) a derivative from it? I haven't seen pandemonium used at all. Are we in a pandemonium? I would say yes. Well, the pandemic, I think, is the spread of the virus. A pandemonium would be the emotion caused by the spread of the virus. Well, there you go. See? Those writing chops are coming through for you right now. I just made it up. So the Stars Foundation put together a plan to help. They came up with the Quarantine in Victory Green t-shirts, which is a nice, catchy little slogan. Andrew Durbin coined the phrase, so there you go, a little stick cap to Andrew. And, uh, of course, the lovely Chelsea Livingston uh, coordinated it all. They partnered with the city of Dallas and, and Judge Clay Jenkins. All the proceeds are going toward providing PPEs, hand sanitizers for all the men and women on the front line of this fight. And I just thought, I thought it's a, you know, it's just a small thing, but a big thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And I talked to Chelsea last week, and and I know your lovely wife is the same way. This is important. It's really important to them. They take it very seriously, and they know that they can help. And so as an athletic team with a, a certain amount of, of sway uh, and financial uh, backing, um, they go out and do what they can for the community. And, and, you know, this is just one of the many things they do. But uh, it, it's, it's another well, great, it, impressive effort. You're right. It, it's one of the many things they do. It's tough to do all the things they do, though, in this environment. Correct. So, so to be creative and find some way, somehow, to help out when you—I mean, their their whole uh, their whole core uh, vision for for what they do and is reaching out and and being with people in in a big community hug, and you're not allowed to do that yeah. right now. So no. I think uh, Chelsea so they, last week had to get like the St. Patrick's Day jerseys they were going to wear. I believe mm-hmm. this is, the story's right. Get them all signed by different people. Yeah. She was going and dropping them off at places and, and still trying to make the effort to get them auctioned off so that they could raise money for the foundation so they could help people. And so, yeah, it's, it's, um, their job's a lot more difficult these days, and they're still trying to do it. Uh, the, the next uh, major purchase probably for the Stars going forward is a drone, Stars drone, like a big one. <laughs> <laughs> they need to drop these things off, pick them up, bring them back. Huh? We, can get, we can get Cody Eastwood to fly it. I think he's the well, license. The yeah, <laughs> of course you could. Uh, so if if anybody's wondering, 20 bucks for youth size uh, T-shirts, 25 for adult, uh, and quarantine and victory green. Nice way to to help out a little bit, and every every little bit helps. So bravo, Stars Foundation. Uh, switching gears completely, and I, look, I'm not going to lie, it's a struggle to come up with topics <laughs> when there's nothing going on and nothing has gone on for a month, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to look 
in the rear view mirror for the most part. And, and there's a ton of nostalgia, you know, the, the masters, they're walking through the masters with Tiger Woods and, uh, and Jack Nicholson and reliving stuff from, from before. It's all we have right now, right? Cause there's nothing in the moment and a pretty uncertain future or at least near future for sports in general. So I, I figured, hey, uh, maybe we should should spitball franchise records or something. I don't know. I'm trying to come That's up a great with great idea. Mike. You guys don't help other than uh, chiming in on Monday morning when we do this with <laughs> a little this and a little that. I'm coming completely prepared today, Daryl, to no, help you in any way that I can. I'm the friggin' spine of this thing. I tell well, you know, you are the spine of this thing. <laughs> so... Is there a Stars franchise record that may never, ever be broken? Uh, sadly, I think most of them, almost all of the offensive What a pessimistic numbers, approach you took immediately. I did. This. Well, I, when, I, when I started to go through all the numbers, uh, I'm going through, all right. You went through all the numbers. Well, many of the numbers. All of them. There we go. Yeah, that sounds uh, a little more truthy. So uh, Bobby Smith uh, leads in points at 114 in the season. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're thinking, well, they're probably not going to hit that. Well, then you start no, looking down. No, 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 no. That, that, that's You have no idea what they will do in the future to boost offense or do this or whatever, when they, right? When so they go to be uh, three on three. Be careful, time. Mike. I'm just warning you. Okay. Well, can I give you this one interesting fact? Yes. Points, assists, goals, nine of the top ten numbers are all from the Minnesota North Stars. All right. three categories. Right. That's just – I can't believe that. That, that wasn't a great yeah. hockey team. I guess yeah, it tells yeah. you the difference in eras. Right. But if you flip it around and you looked at defensive numbers, you'd have yeah. nothing but Dallas Stars probably, yeah. right? All the goaltending numbers, all the defensive numbers are all right. Dallas. Right, right. Right, just different different styles of play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I took a, a, a kind of broader. I, I tell you what, there's there's one, my, my secondary one. I I don't think will ever be broken. I'll, I'll say it right now. It, it won't be broken. It'll never be broken. How's that? Okay, like, I like that. That's a lead pipe lock, razor boy guarantee, <laughs> right there. Okay. But before that. And this one is right on the – it's on the precipice. It's a cuspy one. Oldest player to suit up for the franchise. I did like that when I looked that up myself. Lorne Gump Worsley holds the record for the oldest player ever to play. Uh, of course, he was a goaltender. And Andy Moog's idol, by the way. Yes. Moger had a, a picture. Story. He had a picture. Did you do that story back in the day? I did. Moger had that picture of the Gumper taped up to the underside of his upper shelf of his stall. And do you know what he said that he believes was happening in that picture? That Gump Worsley is moving his bare face to stop the puck intentionally, using his face to stop the puck. And so that's why he taped it to the top of the stall, and anytime he felt bad or didn't think he could do the job, he leaned back in his locker and looked up at the top, and there was Gump staring down at him using his face to stop the puck. Yeah. And they say goalies are crazy. <laughs> well, both men were diminutive by today's standards. Gump was 5'7". Andy's, what, 5'8"? 
Yeah, Pardon like me. They yeah. they had they had the uh, they had the nineteen what was it was it eighty when they beat Montreal eighty two they they had that uh, series on man it was it was Richard Sevigny at one end and Andy at the other and there's just nothing but net yeah. <laughs> it's just goal net. It, I mean, they're, they're so small. The equipment is so slender. It, it was it was staggering to go back and look at it. Anyway, Worsley was uh, 44 years, 10 months, and 19 days old when he played his final game for the North Stars in April of 1974. So that's a full three years older than any other player in franchise history. Yeah. I mean, you look at Yager or Ray Whitney and think, oh, well, those guys are pretty old. No. Yeah, they forty-three years, almost. Yeah, a couple months shy of of forty-five. So, it, like, just for context, like you look right now, and I mean, Char is still chugging along, and he's forty-three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, turning forty-four. You know, does he have one more in him? Probably. Okay, maybe. He the game he played against the Stars. He looked really good. I yeah, I know, I know. And then you, then you got Thornton and uh, Marlowe. Marlowe looks like he's on his last legs. I don't know yeah. whether he's. Come and shut down like this, and who knows whether they'll continue on. But that 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 one has a chance, I would say. You agree? Uh, standing forever, yes. Yeah, and I mean it's 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 a young man's game. The average age in this league has gone down. Uh, it seems year after year, it just keeps dropping. Pretty soon, there'll be nothing but teenagers playing in the NHL. Uh, young is inexpensive. That's the good thing about it. Uh, well, I, I also think young is good. Like, I'm, I'm getting to the point of a completely different statement, but, like, your best years are 24, 25, 26 now, not 29, 30, 31. At least in the players' Yeah, but, uh, but I think – true, true. I, I think part of that, too, is that uh, the way the game is now – the cerebral aspect of it has been overtaken by celerity. Wow, it's strong by me. <laughs> the uh, you know what I mean? Like, sure, young. It, it's almost rabbit, uh, or you know, the tortoise and the hare. It's it's uh, these guys can fly around, and the best of the best can think their way around at the same rate of speed. But for the most part, they can skate like the wind, and your legs leave you a little bit in every sport. And it's tough to keep up. A while ago, you could keep up because your mind could keep up. But it doesn't matter how fast your mind is or how much you know or how much you've seen and experienced anymore. If you can't get there, it's not going to matter. Right. And that that's where the game is now. Now, at the same time, what, what has usually made the league a little bit older in past, I believe, is expansion. True? Yes. You know, you just need more players, and it allows some guys that are perhaps in their 11th hour to hang in a little bit longer. I don't know whether that still holds or not. I, I wonder whether nowadays it's just an opportunity for more young guys than it is to hang on. Because no team loads up like, uh, say, Florida did when they came in with just nothing but old guys right? anymore. I mean, look, look at – yeah. The last expansion team, what was the average age on that expansion team? Yeah, it was young, and they made deals for young players. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. So, anyway. The the interesting part about the old guys is that the uh, veteran mindset was huge 
in training the young guys, you know, with the GMs and with the coaches from the past. And I'm not sure that's going to hold over now because of the speed. Like you well, wanted a Jason It's not, it's not just that. There, there are 14 coaches now. Yeah. Like the, I, I would argue that the reason that you, the, the league and teams have become younger and that the more veteran players get pushed out earlier is that instead of having a coach and an assistant or a coach and two assistant coaches, there's now eight guys on the coaching staff. There's four guys in behind the bench. So what used to be that veteran guy in uniform, like, you know, Craig Ludwig and Carbo and uh, Doug Litster and these guys that, that played back in the, in the nineties, uh, you now you now have those guys in suits and behind. Yeah, there, bam. Uh, you know, another salient point by me. I'm it, killing it today. I thought I would be awful today, and I'm pretty good so far. <laughs> You're an amazing man. Okay, another good choice, and this is the one. Let me let me lay this one on. Are you ready for this? Mike, you're not I, I standing. Don't, I don't you? know if I am. I'm, no, I'm laying down right now. Take a knee. Just take a knee for a second. Okay, I will. And listen up. Okay. Tim's. Ooh. There's not a chance on planet Earth that this record gets broken. Basil McRae owns the top three single-season penalty minute marks. 382... <laughs> 365, 351, back in 1988, 89, and 90. That's 1,100 penalty minutes in just those three seasons. That's amazing. Yeah, the, he's truly the Duke of delinquency. And a strong time. performance in the Mighty Ducks, I believe. And also a wonderful <laughs> cameo in Mighty Ducks. <laughs> All right, but can you, I give you my smart-ass uh, uh, record that won't be broken? Well, hold it. Okay, you're still going. Man, you just – you don't even want to let it simmer. You, you're a terrible crockpot, Heike. You're an awful crockpot. You're a microwave oven. That's what you are. All right, go ahead. ahead. Instantly. Let it simmer a little bit. Okay. Pims. Okay, 382 pen- – I don't know if the Stars were on pace for 382 penalty mats this year. Were they as a team? I don't know. I, I would say no, no. I mean, it – and and the way the the game, I mean, the fighting's just about done. Uh, every player that you have on your roster is an is a skilled player now, of of some sort. I mean, a, a top penalty minute total in the league now is half of that. So there's there's no way, and they're not going to all of a sudden uh, turn around and go go backwards and and turn this into Thunderdome, Mad Max, will it? No, no. No, no. it's, it's going to get speedier. And, and like I said, the, yeah. the offensive numbers, you're right, could change yeah. because the game could change. There you go. I win. What was your right. point? My, my, this is one that uh, – here's my deadlock. Lead pipe won't ever be broken. Russ Cortnell, games played in one season, 84. Yeah, but there's a bunch of guys tied with that. No, it's just him. He, no. he that was the one eighty four game season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but lots of guys have played eighty four games. Not, but not for the uh, North. Star, I, think, I don't think. I think somebody's played eighty five. Have they not? Because they came from another 85? league. Okay, came from another team and changed. Yeah, this was the franchise record for the the Stars. 
Oh my God, that that is a horrible record to involve for this for this uh, category. Okay, can I give you one more annoying record? Oh my God, games played eighty four. Nobody's going to hit that. Well, how about uh, the record for fewest games played? Zero. There, bam. There's a tie. All right, how about this one? I don't know why this annoys me so much, just because we've been over it so many times in the last couple of years. The consecutive wins record of seven. We went through that this year. I know, but I'm saying you're not going to be there. Someone at some point in time, you need to get to eight, don't you think? Yes. They that is the second shortest, longest winning streak. If that makes any sense. So of all the winning all streaks, it, all, all it, all thirty-one it, teams. Don't see, don't see. Might <laughs> we might have to go multimedia with this explanation here. <laughs> The second shortest longest. <laughs> to furnish everyone with a whiteboard. <laughs> of the 31 teams' longest yes. winning streaks, only the Winnipeg Jets, Atlanta Thrashers, uh, has a shorter franchise record winning streak of six games. So I think someone needs to break that seven-game record. Some team called the Dallas Stars. That's a really good point. People are at home going like, yeah, he's got a great point there. He's so much better than Razor. <laughs> well, no, you, you're not even talking about the the premise that I started with. You, you said, meandered. I know. Records that wouldn't be broken. I know. I, I went off I went off the page. Sorry. Uh, but in in fairness to you, you're you're sort of right. It does need to it, – it, it's shocking that this franchise hasn't won more than seven games in a row. In 50 years or whatever it's been. Like, and I mean, that's, that's with uh, shootout wins counted as a quote-unquote win. Correct. Overtime wins. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, for the, we looked at it again this year. It was just like, you, are you kidding me? They haven't won 10 in a row, and you're like, yeah. nope, seven. Every time they get to seven, they lose the eight. Yep. <laughs> but that's at math. least they're ahead of Winnipeg. Well, they're sort of ahead of Winnipeg. They're more ahead of Atlanta. That's true. What is the record yeah, the, the, the in, in six, Arizona, which is uh, really Winnipeg? Yeah. They, wow. Think, uh, Get the whiteboards ready. I do, I clean the whiteboards I off. No, let's take a break. I, I need to – you can get off, off your knee now, uh, okay. Mike. The, uh, we, we need a little pause here before we come back to uh, uh, a topic – that is just going to blow people's minds. And so get your, get your oils out for this one and your, and your grooming aids. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Next. Okay, so have you boys been keeping up with your your grooming during this this time of of shut-ins and social distancing? There's no real reason to look good. Uh, I have to shave; it, it makes my face itchy. I, I, you, you guys know I have a terrible beard, and uh, whenever I've tried to grow out a mustache or whatever, oh, oh hold it! Oh, it's a my fire alarm. I'm gonna mute just that. So you can keep going. Is that- this is a hot por- is this a hot sports opinion to set off the fire alarm? Was that Ike's thing about consecutive wins? 
<laughs> yeah, that was my attempt at an audio drop right there. For wow. Uh, I guess I guess we're good now. I don't know. No fire, huh? All right. All right. Carry on. It, <laughs> Sorry. Hey, if people ever question whether the opinions on Rinky Dinking are smoking hot or not, we've answered it today. You know, I'm in mid. That would have fit much better in the last segment during the, the street talking when you guys were dropping that hot knowledge, not the Heike grooming <laughs> section. No, no, I, I, I think it was a, a minor little delay system to that. I hope people have their asbestos earplugs in <laughs> ready for this one. So um, so the, the question was, are you guys grooming? I have to shave. It, it, no, it, I know. It, you, we, we covered you, Mike. Yeah, okay. we're all good with you, Mike. You. Sorry. You shave. We're, we're I haven't had a haircut. It's you know, it's kind of a mess. Do you shower? I do every day. Okay. My friend, my friend asked me that, and I'm going like, yes, of course, I shower every day. Do you dress formally or no? Informally? Well, you dress yes. informally on a on a formal. No, on a regular. I look like Charlie Brown on the normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Jeff Coates? So I I thought this would be an opportunity for me to actually Let grow go. a beard. Um, uh-huh. Because I could get through that terrible two weeks of patchiness uh, without seeing anybody. But it turns out it doesn't get beyond that. It just gets longer and it's patchy and looks terrible. So I have had to upkeep that. There's no hope at growing a respectable beard. So you, your result is like, it looks like the Caribbean islands or something on your it, chin. It's terrible. Yeah. It's gross. It just, it just gets longer and it, it's not good. Um, well, so I, I have had to upkeep grooming. All right. So now, Totsi, you usually are high and tight on the sides. Is that a problem? No, I'm letting the hair go. Uh, this completely been, over the ears and everything. Yeah, and this has still been a project of the past couple months of trying to get it quite a bit longer. So this, that's right on pace. All right. All right. Well, people have all probably left the podcast right about now after <laughs> that wonderful <laughs> insight. The uh, right around this time of the year, NHL players are usually in the hirsute pursuit of Lord Stanley's Cup. Beard growing is a big, big deal in April, May, and June, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Obviously, that is not going on out there this year. And the history of it, if if I'm correct, it started with the New York Islanders in 1980, right? I don't know that one. I know, I know it was in that era. I, I believe that's, I believe that's kind of when it started. Uh, Cause I don't, I, I mean, the Montreal Canadians who dominated the seventies did not grow beards in the playoffs. No. Right. And it was all those hairy man uh, Islanders, the Gord Lanes and the Ken Moros and the, uh, who else was Clark? Butch, Butch Goring had a pretty good beard. I remember John Tanelli. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, I mean they grew they grew beards. So that, think about that. That was forty years ago. That that springtime uh, beard growing contest that went uh, parallel with the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, began. That uh, the hairy ritual. Uh, was going strong last spring. The Blues and Bruins were growing it out in June still. Yep. And uh, did you know, and here, here's, you get ready for, to wave maybe a towel at that uh, fire alarm again there, Totsi. 
Yep. A man's facial follicles actually grow more swiftly in springtime. You guys aware of that? No. Yeah. Interesting. It's like it's sort of like antlers on a an animal. It's it's biological science. Yeah. It's a primal mating thingy, majiggy, where uh, the the manliness, the musk, and the manliness just starts to sprout come springtime after a fairly dormant winter. The Bam. testosterone is pumping. It is. And that's why the Stanley Cup playoffs are so great. And it makes sense that you would have this this uh, chin uh, sweater growing contest go on at the same time. Now, I don't have to worry about it, but is that uncomfortable? Like to be playing with your chin strap and, you know, sweat and all that kind of stuff? But that's the whole point of this was that we're not in a pretty boy contest at this time. Ah. So the the idea of of looking good uh and and grooming it doesn't matter man we're this is truly beast mode and it's tribal and they're doing this all together it's the the wives and girlfriends uh unfortunately but truth just don't matter as much as they do <laughs> the rest the rest of the year uh you know there was a time when when teams would actually sequester their players at the hotels at home and on the road uh, where, you know, they were, th- this must go back to uh, Napoleonic days in that, right? When there's Romans, when you're on a, a march somewhere, it's the same, same idea. Now I don't believe that playoff beer growing has as much impact now as it did 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, the 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 I don't know. I guess the weirdness has has grown off. We've seen so much, so so many strange things that I think that nothing's nothing's new and exciting anymore. Well, that and and to be honest with you, like and Totsi, you're you're our closest thing to a metrosexual right now. So beards uh, <laughs> have been back in fashion lately, yeah. recently. Ergo, having hairy face players seems season-long normalcy in some ways. It is I mean, interesting watching the playoffs. Tyler's had a beard for, what, five years? Yeah. Well, even just watching the playoffs now, it's just like it's it's not unusual. You're just sitting there going, oh, yeah, they're hockey players. That's what they look yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, they get, they get thicker. And I love the fact that other sports just refer to, like, baseball started to do it uh, some uh, it seemed football, I think linemen have always grown beards and that, but uh, some of the other sports, uh, they did it in golf. <laughs> I think there were a few more Canadian golfers on the tour, but they, you know, when the the uh, FedEx playoffs were going on, some guys were growing beards, and they'd always refer to, you know, hockey players grow beards in the playoffs, and we wanted that same mentality. Uh, you know, I I don't know that it's, it's ever been – uh, absolute prerequisite or something that you have to do. Most guys do it. It's 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 left to the individual. Some guys, I think, look forward to it and just letting it go and see what they can come up with. And other guys, because of the the spareness and the uh, uh, the the thinness of their their actual beards, they they don't look forward to having the, this scraggy thing. Like, look at Sidney Crosby when he tries. It's it's horrible. 
but he does have a few cups. <laughs> it's a nice trade off. I like when the rookies, the 19 or 20 year olds, try it and it looks terrible, but they they stick with it because they get the pressure from the veterans and yeah. Uh, it's Can fun. you imagine the the uh, the chatter that goes on on the ice at across uh, face-off circles and what have you about the state of one's facial hair. I think Steve Ott would have fun with that. Oh, my God. You need to mic that up, Tosi. That sounds uh, great. You need to mic it up. So, anyway, guys are guys are going to be clean-shaven uh, for the most part. I don't think any – have you seen anything out there where guys are saying, I'm going to grow a playoff beard anyway? I have not. No, no. I mean, no. nobody really knows what's going on. So, but now's the time. Now is the time. If you're ever gonna just let it go, like in Mister Mum. Remember Michael Keaton yeah. and Mister Mum? Just let it go. Let himself go. Yeah. Then he had to pull it back together again. So, anyway, one of my uh, Mike Keaton favorite stories was, you know, he would practice and skate every day, like he was playing till the Stanley Cup was settled. So, maybe these guys need to be working on their beard. You know, just like. They're in the playoffs. Mm. Shaved mm. heads, maybe this year. Start something new. I think yeah. we're I think we're due for something new. I think the younger guys usually set the trend. A lot of young guys uh, dye their hair. At least that was a thing for a while. I don't know if it it still is in junior hockey and college and what have you. But anyway, I'm not part of it anymore. I just I just cover it. That's what I do. Uh, what do you think about idiot thought of the week before we uh, get out of here? Uh, what was your idiot thought? I, uh, I had some other stuff I'd written down. So, Oh, you have other things you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I just I was going to test you on 50. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. <laughs> you you're ready? I, I guess, I'm... This is the 50th episode. We have to celebrate the number 50. No, not necessarily, but go, we'll see where this goes. I may shut it down immediately. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh how many 51 seasons are there in Minnesota, Dallas? Oh, my God. This, this, it's numerical stuff. Go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> First one was 51 games, 51 wins in 1998-99. And a friend of mine, Daryl Ray, might say that's the only 50-win season. Well, I was gonna, that was the point I was going to bring up on the, on the roundabout of this thing was that it's, it's too easy to get 40 and 50 wins with with shootouts since and the shootout overtime. three fifty one seasons uh fifty three in oh five oh six which was the first year of the shootouts and the stars went twelve and one in shootouts that year yes there you 50 go. wins in two thousand six oh seven with nine shootout victories and then this one's a little bit closer in uh fifteen sixteen fifty wins with only two shootout victories mm. interesting huh mm very how many 50-goal scorers are there in franchise history? A few. Four. <laughs> Technically three. Dino Cicerelli did it twice. Mike Madonna, the most recent. That's why I said a few. A co- I explained this to my girls the other night. A couple, when I was ordering uh, beers from the dinner table, a couple is two. A few is three. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, 50, some, 50? I think some is anything past three. Is it not? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Fifty goals in fifty games. Uh, Maurice Richard did it first. Oh, I thought you were talking about our franchise. I was like, I don't think anybody's done that franchise history. Um, But it's interesting. The NHL uh, to qualify for fifty goals in fifty games, that has to be fifty games played by your team. 
so uh, if you did 50 goals in your 50 games and missed two or three games or five games with injuries, that officially does not qualify for 50 and 50. Is that interesting? Not in one little bit. Uh, uh, your, last, your stuff today is like, is 50 and 50? It's like reading the rule book today. <laughs> People at home are going like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, well, you can Google it. The, last, I'm, I'm looking for, the, I'm looking for bigger picture 50. stuff from you, Michael. Bigger picture. Brett Hull. Brett Hull. God, did you ever do creative writing? And then who has worn number 50 for the Dallas Stars? Uh, not very many. Chris Barch and Ryan. I remember Barchy <laughs> wore it, which was an odd number. Yes, it was. Yeah. That's the 50th episode of Rinky Dinking. We're celebrating here. People are at home going like, well, entertainment might, and information. It may also be the last edition after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here was my idle idiot thought of the week. Um, would would because of of social distancing, I'm, I'm trying to connect it. Would permanent three on three with a shot clock be the ultimate competitive distancing, and ultimately reintroduce time and space, as well as a a spatial adventurism, if you will, uh, into the game? Thoughts. So, what's your shot clock? Fifteen seconds. Well, you know how three on three overtime, like when I it did. first when it first came in, they just they didn't know what they were doing, and it'd been kind of uncoached, and it was like, well, I guess you just send your guys out there and then you try to score, and then if you don't score, they try to score, and then try to score. Well, you watch it now, and and players and teams are starting to figure it out. There's a lot of delay, and wait, and change a guy, and then go. So there's there's it almost goes from gear one to five immediately, right? Yes. Uh, and you can have these, it's only a five minute overtime. Uh, you have these long stretches now within, within three on three, which is three on three is what five on five was in the eighties. It really is. Yes. Like there's, there's still, there's still good speed. There was good speed in the eighties and, but there's time and there's space and there's pretty plays and there's a chance at one end and then there's a chance at the other end. Like it, at its best, it is, it's so perfect because it, it takes away the things that have uh, constricted the game a little bit, five on five and even four on four. So how long what was the question? How long should the well, shot clock How be? long should the shot clock be? 24 well, seconds? I, I'm laying it out there. I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting, I agree with you. I think it'd be a great uh, experiment. And at times like this, uh, you know, we should be talking about experimentation with this league. Um, if you had, if you had a shot clock, if you if you actually had a shot clock, and you said, okay, every thirty seconds you have to pump a shot on net. You know, I, unfortunately, players and coaches would figure out a way of making it look like a shot, but really it was an orchestrated uh, play to another guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're 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 sinister that way. But I was watching basketball where, you know, the shot clock's going right. and you just have to heave up a prayer. Right, right. So you you have, you have a 30-second. I think with that, you could extend these overtimes because it really is wonderful entertainment. And yeah. nobody, I, I think everyone's done with the shootout, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
if if the shootout doesn't come back, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I think if you you could extend a three on three overtime with a shot clock, and and then you truly play it out like a period, like who scored more goals at the end of it? Not one goal ends it, but uh, who scores more goals or any goals? I like it's that. A, that's a really good solution. It shows that yeah. I mean, when you have too much time to think. Yes, it does start, show that. Like so, I actually have followed basketball for a long time and watched the, you know, how they went from four corners and all that to bring the shot clock in and to doing all these things, and and the history of the steps that they've taken. I think you could definitely do that with overtime. Mm-hmm. You'd get yeah. rid of the shootout. You could go to whatever if it's seven or ten minutes for overtime. That wouldn't be too much for a team that's traveling that night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think you'd get some darn exciting hockey. And Who knows? Said, maybe, you know, maybe it even seeps into regular play. Yeah, yeah. At some point, time, maybe they bring the shot clock and, uh, and yeah. no shots. Yeah, uh, we're here to uh, entertain the fans, and I think this would be more entertaining than the current overtime format. Well, yeah, possibly, possibly. And there's nothing entertaining right now, including this podcast. <laughs> he wore number fifty. Come on. It goes right yeah. in with the rinky-dinking. Yeah. yeah. Our 50th edition was a real <laughs> barn burner. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? We talked for a while. I didn't think we'd be able to. But our our time of talking is coming to an end, unless you have something else. Which No. That was, I gave you these wonderful yeah. <laughs> numbers and trivia questions. Uh, Totes' fire alarm is going off this stuff. Somehow, we, yeah, you set off Totes' fire alarm. All right. Yeah. Uh, you shut down rinky-dinking is what you did. Hard to believe this, isn't it, boys? It was only a month ago yesterday that the first Stars game was actually postponed. That was it. It's shocking. One month. It's only been one month. So let's all hang in there, right, and and do the right things. Wash, distance, and uh, with time and, and uh, discipline, you would think that hockey and life will be getting back to its norms. That's our hope. Otherwise, we got to do more of these. <laughs> so, anyway, fix. Uh, I hope we didn't burn your place down, Totsi. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, restock the white claws, Mike. Uh, get a shave in. Uh, you boys be well, and uh, all you consumers of rinky dinking you do the same and we'll talk to you perhaps again next week <laughs>